Blog Talk Radio. Did you know that elders and others are losing their rights to liberty and property? Anyone can petition a court to have a person deemed incapacitated. What if that person is you? The adult guardianship system was created to protect incompetent people and their assets. A court-appointed guardian, sometimes a total stranger, can force you into a nursing home and sell your home to pay for services. Treasured belongings can disappear as you are drugged and isolated from loved ones. Why does this happen? Unfortunately, the courts don't have the funding to supervise and audit cases. A guardian makes all the Decisions on your behalf, taking control of your assets with little accountability. The potential for abuse is frightening. Luckily, not all guardians exploit those under their care, but when they do, there's really nowhere to go for help. The National Association to Stop Guardian Abuse, NASGA, is working to reform adult guardianship to return it to its once noble purpose of protecting the human rights to life, liberty, and property and ending financial exploitation of assets. Are you or your loved ones protected? To learn more, visit StopGuardianAbuse.org. Yes, stomp it all immediately. immediately. <laughs> uh, hi, everybody. This is Marty Oakley. This is TS Radio Network. And tonight we're doing just a little short show. Um, Kaz and I are celebrating three years partnership on the, on air. Of course, the show will start its 14th year in June. But these three years with Kaz have been a lot easier for me. And I appreciate everything she's contributed and done. And she carries a lot of the weight around here. So appreciation to you cause <laughs> but, um, oh my oh, we, goodness appreciation yeah. to you for letting me be on it's been it's yeah. just been fabulous yeah well i've learned so much from you <laughs> there's just so much going on and we've got more people coming cause so uh things we're going to have to jump into and um we did some work yesterday for the brad sharp family in waco texas their mother johnny um his mother uh, has been befriended by a parasite who is exploiting her, and so we're trying to get some help there. And um, but that's a tragic story in and of itself. Brad was on the show here. Oh, what is it? About a month ago, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, talking about the case. And uh, so we're going to be working with Texas officials on that one. Um, okay, now then, uh, where are we? Okay. Um, <laughs> The older I get, the crazier I get, and uh, we've got we've got so much going on. Um, and to everybody out there, all of your stories are important. They are all important, and we don't mean to minimize or marginalize anyone, but we have to take them as they come, and do what we can do. And we can't make any promises. We we aren't the savior of the world. We are. <laughs> The go-to experts, we aren't the only one that can help you and blah, 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 blah. You heard the the routine. Um, we aren't any of that. We're just two people trying very hard to stop this system and expose this corruption wherever we can. We'll do whatever we are able to do. We never at any time advocate violence or breaking the law. We never have done that. We never will. And but we will do whatever we can aside from that to try and help you and your family out. Um, One of the things and Kaz and I, I think, agree on this is this thing, even though in the statutes of every state, um, isolation is strictly prohibited. And in every instance, it is the very first thing that is done. Mm -hmm. Isolation is on the uh, U.N.'s torture list, number one. 
torture uh, is isolation. And on the elderly, it's particularly severe. And so this is done intentionally. It's done intentionally to terrorize these people, to frighten them, uh, to just make them fall apart, which they do, which they do. And then they say, see, they're incompetent. No, you're just a predator. And um, but we, we're covering a lot of things and we're getting a little finer tuned on how we approach everything. Uh, we learn as we go, and it is a learning experience. Um, one of the things about the reason, and I've talked about this before, but I want to remind everybody, these are tribunals. These are not courts of law. They were set up specifically to remove family and probate matters into a special tribunal that runs outside of the Constitution. You have no rights. You cannot use the law to defend yourself because the law does not apply in a tribunal. They run on statute, code, contract, and regulations. And they are statutes, codes, contracts, and regulations they created themselves. So you're already at a disadvantage. They're set up intentionally this way. In the uh, opening with the uh, promo for NASCA, um, Kazi, the, he says, you know, unfortunately, the courts don't have enough money to audit and supervise cases. Yeah. Well, if you don't, why are you running those courts? But right. on the other hand, every state, every state, and who would set up a court system that didn't have enough money to complete its task? Uh, I mean, that's just insanity. But every state in the union, from Title 20 Social Security, gets a block grant of which millions of dollars are earmarked for elder services and care. Why can't that money be doled out to the courts right. to supervise and audit? Um, you know, see, there's too many they holes in this story. The they, right. yeah. they always can find the money if they need the money. We can definitely mm-hmm. see it will show up. I mean, they control the printing press. Yeah. Turn it on. Get them. And, but, and as I keep, is, but basically what they're saying is it's not important to them. Therefore, they're going to say, oh, we don't have the money to do that. Exactly. And it, it, this was intentional, that this funding mm-hmm. was not provided. Um, on the note of finding the money, whenever the federal government, like these big spending bills, Whenever yeah. they borrow money, which they have to continually, we we have over what is it, 23 trillion in unrepayable debt now. What they do is what's called hypothecation. They put up your land, your assets, your labor as collateral against the money they borrow, mostly from China, to float these loans. So if things collapse and they can't pay even the, the the service fees, they can foreclose on us, which they have done over the last six years, come in and they have taken national forests, private agriculture, and that was one of the things, prime agricultural land is always put up as collateral. It's always hypothecated. But you don't own your house anyway, whether you think you do or you don't. I don't care how much you paid for it. Your title lists you as a tenant, not as the owner. You are a tenant. And it also goes on to state that the IRS has first rights to your property in perpetuity. Now, and try not taxes and how see how long that property you think you own remains yours. 
Anyway, just little tidbits of information. Uh, Cosmo, yeah. are you going to do a hog report tonight? I ha- I have a special hog report tonight. So oh my it's goodness. kind of a remin- I know it's going to be a reminiscence. It's we're going to like walk down memory lane. So today's okay. hog report is brought to you by <laughs> Shenanigans <laughs> in the Montgomery. <laughs> <laughs> I started talking before my oinks. I'm so sorry. Yes. I'm just so excited to tell a hog report. So today's hog report is brought to you by Shenanigans in the Montgomery County Facebook page. Like them on Facebook, follow, and it's a great Facebook page for exposure. So thank you, Mr. Shenanigans, for supporting us over here. So. I was talking with my sister and we were reminiscing back on when all this began. So I'm going to tell the story of a stealth hog and a hog can be stealthy. And back when we first got wrapped into all this, it was in about 2010. So we're going to go back like 12 years and 12 years ago, if you think back to 12 years ago, there wasn't a lot on the internet about guardianship abuse. And here we are, you know, getting into, you know, they're doing their thing. They're just doing their thing. And they're getting away with this for years because they don't have an internet for people to connect and everything else. So we're, you know, it's 2010. We realize, you know, the scam and everything that's going on. And, my sister and I had said, had someone found us, told us, if you pay us some money, I am a lead advocate of the world in this situation, I will fly up and sit in the courtroom and be there with you. I mean, I'm sure I would have been given some kind of sales pitch. And we, my sister and I were talking about this, and it's so emotional when you're going through this. And so I do these shows with you, Marty, because I actually have experienced this firsthand in my own family. I try not to always talk about my story because it's so important to hear other people's stories too, but I do have my own story. And so had in this desperate moment when you realize everything that's going on and the courts had a hog approached us and, you know, gave us the sales pitch about how they are the lead advocate and they are going to do this and this and this for, you know, for us and to give them money. We actually think we would have fell for it as intelligent as we are. We believe we would have fell for that and we would have given money to the hog. Now, fast forward 12 years there, if you're new, if this just starts happening into your family, you do just a few Google searches. There's so much information out there now, and it is, it's, it's a good thing. You can, you know, Google the different judges. I know for the Atholes, I mean, just Google some Montgomery County Courthouse, and you're going to find shenanigans. Google some of the different pe- players' names, and you're going to find court records and documents on on those players so you're going to be going into it knowing that you're walk you're already walking into a scam and that you know you're about to get played and that will hopefully protect you from the stealth hog that comes in and says 
you know, I'm the lead advocate. I know all about this. I'm going to sit in the courtroom with you. We're going to expose this. Well, what's going to be the exposure? You're going to, like, do a post on your Facebook page? What? What's your exposure? And it's just these, this is a stealth hog. And if you are new into this, you are so vulnerable for a stealth hog to come in and tell you how they're going to save the day, but they're not going to save the day. It's not going to end well. Marty, how bad does it end? This no. We have seen families absolutely destroyed, bankrupted, divorces. Um, it has been just uh, what we've seen over the years cause is just heartbreaking. And I think the worst part of it is we have senators and representatives, both state and federal, who are fully aware of the what's going on and the activity of the glory hogs to boot yep. and who refuse to move to protect the public, not only from the hogs, but from this system. Exactly. And that's the stealth hog. They're coming in stealth. You're a vulnerable person. You, I mean, I can't even describe to people who haven't gone through this what the emotion this is emotional this is your family these are the people who are closest to you in your life these are you can't buy family you can't I mean I can't there's no amount of money I can pay to get my parents back they've passed away like this is it's there's just no value and when someone guardianizes and all of a sudden someone who is your world in your life and this is being done you are so traumatized and these hogs they know it so they're going to come in stealth act like they know what they're doing sell you a bill of goods because all they want to do these hogs they want to feast on your bank account and they also want to get a little glory while they're at it they're really no different than these lawyers and guardians that are running these courts. It's just another avenue of feeding at the trough, you know? And so that is my hog report warning you about a stealth hog. Thank you. (laughs) Ooh, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a lot of oinks. Thank you. Yeah. I thought it was a good one. I just kind of feel it's just like a walk down memory lane. I was thinking like, wow, this is three years now. When we first met, I remember being in awe of you, Marty. And I I think it might have been through Elaine at NASCA who said, hey, I get a hold of Marty. She might put you, you know, maybe she could get you on the the show. And I was really, I remember really nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to send Marty a friend request. I wonder if she'll accept it. Only I want to have this conversation with her. And of course you did. And we ended up, I believe the show that we did, there was four different families that we came on the show, four different non-related families at the time. And this all is in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, where we started to meet. There's actually now about 200 family victims that we all we all oh, know about. Okay. And so, okay. I mean, this was in the beginning. Yeah, this was in the beginning of, you know, all of us uh, um, meeting. And I have to put the big shout out, the big lead where we started making connections 
was formerly the Facebook page, which is now no longer Boomers Against right. Elder Abuse. That's, yep. It was a post. Someone put a post up, and all of a sudden, all the pieces of the puzzle came together because we saw the post, they saw the comments, and we all found each other off of a post off on the Boomers Against Elder Abuse. So anyway, we start, we're start. we just horrified that we all find each other. We have the same stories, dealing with the same judge, attorneys, guardians, you know, and, and the gig is the gig is up. Like, we know what's going on. And you're right. also, it's like the fact that you feel, you feel validated. Like, you know what? What I'm thinking is going on actually is going on. And we came on your show, Marty, and there was who who knows how many people were on that yeah. call because some people were bringing in their uncles and other family members and the brothers. There was a whole bunch of us, but it yeah. went it went over so well because it was just one of like the most powerful. Like all of a sudden, we all got together and we exposed the at holes on the yep. show, and it was just. And I knew there was so much more because we, you know, it kept growing. I've met more people. We've got more documents. And I remember talking to you, I think this was like two years goes by and uh, and all these documents are coming up. And we came on the show again, and I believe it was all of us again, a bunch of us. And then I just thought, I wonder if Marty would do it this corruption that's going on in Montgomery County needs its own show. And we talked about it, like, would you be willing to do it? I like had to pitch the show idea. And yeah. and then you said yes. And it has evolved. We're not, not always talking about the atholes every week because there's just so much. And I just can't believe how much it evolved. And I didn't even know if it would last as long as it has. It's just been yeah. amazing. And it's just well, they, we have positives now where we're hearing, yes. you know, some people are being set free when they come on the show. Some people, yep. you know, and we're able to connect other people like, oh, I know this person and you are dealing with the same thing on this person. And we can start connecting people together. So I feel right. it's been a very powerful and productive thing that we've done. And so I just want to thank My- you for letting me be a part of it for yeah. the last three years. Well, you like I say, you've been a big help. You truly have took a lot of pressure off of me. People seem to think, because I've, I've had people say, well, um, can't you have one of your staff people look into I don't have a staff. <laughs> um, or people say, I want to come on my show and tell my story. How much are you going to pay me? I'll pay you what I get paid. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, why would I pay you yeah. to come on my show? Well, you know, as a right. guest, and that's what, what regular radio shows do, and they pay their guests to come on. I said, in some cases, they do, yes, but not always. Yeah. But I said, we're yeah. not in a position to do that, and we don't get paid. All of this is volunteer. We don't solicit funds. And we, you know, it'd be nice to get some donations here and there, and once in a while we do, but I, that is self-generated. We don't ask for them. Or say, you know, unless you donate to my organization, I can't help you, yeah. And um, which I've heard other people do, and uh, yeah, but we pause. don't do that. And Yep. Yeah. And uh, I have no interest in being a celebrity. Uh, and these people, that these hogs, this is their main focus. Where your focus and mine is the cause, is the yeah. issue at hand. 
there's his, are you looking at me? Can you see me? Did you hear me talk? Did you see my face? Don't you think I'm important? Um, well, you don't? Well, let me improve my resume a little bit now, do you? Um, yeah. You know and, yeah. you know what I was saying? But you know one good thing that has come mm-hmm. out of this? Uh, for years, I'd contact senators, representatives, and I heard the same crap over and over ad nauseum. Well, I never heard of such a thing. Well, it must be an isolated incident. Well, what did they do to cause this? They can't tell that story anymore and use those excuses. And the other one, of course, was, let me look into this and I'll call you back. And, of course, they never did. And are <laughs> still um, waiting. Yeah, still waiting, still <laughs> waiting. And um, But they can't do that anymore. Now they just try to sidestep you. Now, we've got some we can work with, but they, their hands are tied because – even though they may want to do something, they have no support from their companion senators or representatives. Oh, we don't want to get into that, you know. And then if all you have to do is look at the money trail, every time somebody talks about mm-hmm. bringing a bill out to address any of these issues, the donations from the bar associations uh, to their campaigns and the guardianship association and the college of probate judges and all of them start piling up in their accounts and all of a sudden why well, they they just can why they just can, they just don't have the time and um or they'll come out with a bill that's an absolute insult and um, I'm going to say it again I've said it before for those of you on these fluff and buff bills who have the attitude I'll take what I can get you got nothing are you happy with that you got yeah. insulted. You got taken to the cleaners, and yeah. you know. And I still cause still stunned at people um, who are starstruck, so to speak, if a senator or representative speaks to them. That's your employee. They should be starstruck that you would speak to them. Um, this idea that we have these people on this elevated uh, platform. And, you know, that we have to address them a certain way and say, kiss my fluffy old butt. You're my employee. You're my employee. Please adopt a subservient attitude in consideration of that. And don't call me by my first name unless I tell you it's okay. And um, I find that quite insulting. But um, it just, uh, I, I... as far as we've come, we've still got such a long way to go because there oh, yeah. is no effort cause to actually end this system. And we are looking at a massive, excuse me, excuse me, transfer of wealth into yeah. the pockets of these predators. And they are predators. And everything pivots around that hearing examiner. That's not a judge. A judge implies they're dealing with the law and you're in a court of law. That is not a judge. They are a hearing examiner or a ministerial clerk. And they are a contracted agent to one of the or several of the agencies that are coming against you. And everything pivots. They are the person to make sure it all hums that you don't get to speak. You don't get to present any evidence. They don't demand any evidence from your accusers. Uh, from the kidnappers, nothing, nothing. And you can't do anything about it because you're in a tribunal. And 
you know, the idea that our government there again sits back, oh, we, we had to set these up because these cases were overwhelming the civil and, and criminal courts in the states. Mm-hmm. So, and that judge that time in Minneapolis told me, he said, see, you don't understand, Marty. If, if we hadn't set up these tertiary courts, I said, you mean the tribunals? He said, well, if we hadn't done this, we'd have had to have hired more judges and found more courtrooms. He said, you know, and I said, but that's exactly what you did. Only you created a tertiary system along with it that takes people out from under the prediction, which is exactly what you intended to do. This, yeah. this is what people have to understand was intentional, this set up these tribunals this was intentional to make sure you had no recourse you had no way to fight back and um you know it was it, genius. It, it, yes yes well, it is made i mean yeah. oh yeah i mean i give them, i give them props yeah you know genius i how yeah. you live with yourself with doing it but yeah great i love to see like how they all sat around doing their business plan and then yeah and then we'll take them from this family and we'll put them in this yeah. really crappy nursing home and yeah. oh yeah that'll be part of the business plan and we'll get some revenue here we'll drug them up yeah. that'll cut the payroll we won't have to hire yeah. as many aides because they'll all be drugged up all we have to do is maybe change the depends once a day yeah, yep. and that'll save us some money. And then, I mean, I can just hear it. And they just, yeah. it was a it was genius, mad genius. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, on paper, oh, look at this. Look at all the money we're going to make. Who wants to invest? Yeah. And that's how they did it. Well, yep. and, you know, as was pointed out to me, one person in a community on Social Security gets nailed under this system, that person can be worth in this system over a million dollars a year. They take their Social Security and make themselves the assigned payee on it. They access mm -hmm. all sorts of federal programs, state programs, local programs. Then there is the nursing home that they're probably invested in, if not several, um, yeah. that's getting funding also. Um, but they can be worth a fortune. And it's basically bartering and trading human life so you can profit. And that's the worst part of this. And that our government sits there and knows full well and knows far better than we even do what's going on. Right. And does nothing. It's just absolutely disgusting. Then you move to hospice, which used yeah. to be a good Samaritan outfit. Um, well, you know, used they used to be non-profit. Yeah, I mean, yes. where, where it happened. So they used to be a nonprofit agency, but now they are mm -hmm. for profit. And mm -hmm. everyone looked that up. These yes. hospices are for profit. So we have here now, in Madison, and I, we have a nonprofit that does good, but there's two for profits. So if you're yes. running a business for profit and you're trying to take care of people, you need to, one of the biggest things that will eat up at your profit is going to be your payroll and hiring people. And so what you need to do is you need to, you know, drug people so that you don't have to hire as many people. And, I mean, people need to have that in the back of your mind. When you're looking at a for-profit, they're trying to make the most money they can 
Why mm-hmm. is that? And what are they cutting? Where are they getting the money? And when you begin to, you do, if you ever look into going to hospice, that should be the first question you ask. And if it's a for-profit, yeah. like that means let us profit on death. Run yes. as fast as you can. Just run. Well, hospice um, got under the uh, Affordable Care Act. This was put in by Republicans, by the way, and insisted this be put in. They were redefined as medical treatment. These are human rights and necessities. They redefined them as medical treatment. So when you go into hospice, and many people end up in hospice that are not terminal, but a doctor anywhere, anywhere, anywhere on the other side of the globe that's never seen or heard of you can call futility of care. It's written right in the bill. Any doctor can call futility of care. And once they do that, all medical treatment stops immediately. The first thing to be pulled is food and water. So they start starving you and dehydrating you right off the bat. Within four days, your organs start shutting down. And in the elderly, this is a quick process. It causes confusion and delirium, and it's quite painful. That's when they come in, which is Haldol and morphine or Zyprexa and morphine or Ativan and morphine and Haldol. And, oh, it's, it's sick. But they start drugging them. Now, what they'll tell the family is um, they forgot how to swallow. They forgot mm-hmm. how to They didn't forget you drugged them so bad they can't. The automatic nervous system that would have caused them to swallow is no longer functioning. So why don't you give them a IV hydration? Oh, we can't do that. Oh, okay. And they're starving them this whole time. And then they start in with the drugs in earnest. You, they're in pain. You don't want them to suffer, do you? Do you? And they'll start drugging them up. And they're semi-comatose at this point. And when it's gone on long enough, they come in and give what's killed, called the kill shot. And within 20 to 30 minutes, the person is gone. And they murder people right in front of their families, right? And I, I don't know how many families we've talked to with Marcia's show um, here on TS Radio, uh, Betrayed by Hospice, uh, that they talk about watching their family member, their loved one, be murdered right in front of them. And they didn't realize what they were doing till it was gone too far. And as far as the money the hospice makes, they get... 29000 just under $30,000 every 30 days per bed. Now, if you only last two to three weeks and they can fill that bed again, they get a second, 30000 And But there's a time limit on it. If it goes too far, they don't get their money. So we have to hurry up and euthanize at that point. And the number of people being euthanized in hospice because somebody else decided your life isn't worth living anymore, meaning basically we can't get anything else out of you. you got to go. And this has been going on. But you see this in this guardianship thing. All of this stuff focused mostly on the elderly or people with chronic disabilities. They are culling people. They are culling them. And they're hiding it and calling it compassionate care. There's nothing compassionate about euthanizing another person before their time. Um, I hear a lot of talk, you know, about assisted suicide. 
That is some shaky ground there. You want to be careful there. Um, two states, um, I believe, is um, what is it, Maryland and Oregon, that have passed laws allowing the starvation to death of people with dementia or mental illness. Why should we have to take care of them? We'll just leave them without any food. That'll do it. Um, we are seeing human bodies now out in Washington State composted and the remains run through the sewage system and ending up out on fields as fertilizer. It's like we are living in, in a, a terrible horror story. Uh, yeah. That's the way I feel. It's like this this can't really be happening. We are beset by predators and ghouls. And then, of course, you know, and Marcia and I did a show on this. We did two, actually, on the selling of body parts. And mm-hmm. this is a big, big, big business that runs under the radar. This is why they will never stop abortion. Those babies are eviscerated and carved up and sold whole and for research, sold to universities and research centers. Big business. But also, in the case of guardianship, where sometimes months will go by before the family is informed that their loved one has passed away. Yep. And they say, oh, we had them cremated. You might have had what was left of them cremated, what they have done. I believe, and this is my opinion, and I could be totally wrong, but I just don't think I am. They have parceled out that body. You can buy whole cadavers. You can buy just the head you can buy an arm and a shoulder a leg and a hip you can buy a torso whatever you want and I think this is what they are doing and they sell bone and tendon and whatever else they can get their grimy hands on and I think this is what they do and then whatever is left is cremated to destroy any evidence and you never know what happened yeah it just you know and we had shows too cause I mean just to show you how little these people value life, and I have no trust in the medical community anymore. Um, organ harvesting. This is another thing that happens to older people. Even if they can't be used for transplant, <clears throat> live organs are quite valuable in the medical And we had Dr. Byrne on the show with Marsha here, I think it was last year, about organ harvesting. Understand that the person whose organs are being harvested is alive. A dead person's organs cannot be used for transplant or anything because if your organs are deprived of oxygen for two minutes of more, they're worthless for that purpose. So when you see somebody put on life support, they're looking for a customer. Um, trying to keep that body functioning till they can buy a, find a buyer. And... Uh, this stuff, it, it's sickening to even talk about it, but yeah. it's what's going on. It is what's going on. And it, it, we have been commodified. I keep telling people that. They look at us as a commodity, either in part or whole. And they're buying, selling, and trading us. But most of it starts with these stinking guardianships. and. Yeah. The idea that you could, you know, in that movie, I care a lot when she says, you know, they were kind of business was kind of slow. And she looks at that secretary and says, let's pull the trigger on Miss So-and-so. And 
And that's how easy it can happen. You're marked. They're mm-hmm. waiting for the opportunity yeah. to drag you into the system. You're marked. Uh, you pass yep. the golden age of 60, you know. And um, we're not safe in our own country anymore. And the terrorists we need to fear are not coming from overseas. <laughs> They're coming from your courthouse. Um, and uh, Yeah. You know, your social services agencies, that's a misnomer if ever there was one. And, um, but it just, I don't know, because we keep, we've outed so much, talked about so much, talked to so many people, and these horror stories just get worse. They just get, when you think it can't be any worse, it is. And um, sometimes the conversations we have off air are the only way I can diffuse, you know what I'm saying, Uh release the pressure you yeah. know, to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know just, I think that's a good point that you just brought up I feel that it is something that I turn on and off and mm-hmm. you know for I, I had originally you know when I opened Rosie's I had to escape reality and I opened this bakery and I just created a happy place for me to be and I did close mm-hmm. it um, that, a month ago and, and that's all right I did it for eight years and that it served its purpose for me, and now I, I think I just couldn't handle having all the free time because you're just so focused on, like, wow, I can't believe we people do this to other people. And now yeah. as time has gone by, it's like you pick it up and you put it down. And I want everyone listening, if you're fresh into this, it's gonna, life will be okay again. You, you can't focus on it all the time or it will consume you. And it's not going to be healthy. But definitely, I would agree, Marty, like those conversations that we have. Or I think of Austin, my buddy Austin there. We, you know, we both were abused by potholes. But we can have conversations that have nothing to do with potholes. And just have great conversations and just build those friendships. And so those are the blessings that you know, are hidden through all this. But, yeah, you're so right. It's just having the – I send you pictures of my cakes when I do all them. You know, what do you think? And, you know, because we all do have another another part to our life, and and we're fortunate that those things haven't been taken from us yet. We do have some freedoms. And I definitely would say that people need to be able to share the other parts of their life and not to focus on this all the time because it will consume you. And and it does help to be fresh, to have yep. put it down. It's like sometimes I'll see messages or something. I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm not going to open that one until later because I can't deal with it right now. And that yeah. goes with yeah. guardianships and even at work. Like I am not going to deal with someone asking me for ordering a cake. I'm not dealing with that right now. I'll open that one later. And so I think you prioritize if you prioritize all the different aspects of your life and yeah. the guardianship stuff is just one yep. part of it that, you know, I, it's in a box. I don't work on it every day, but we, when we're, but we've built a friendship that isn't just about guardianship and all business, right. who are we going to have on the show and everything. And that's been such a blessing for me. Just yep. that we did that started out like, okay, we're going to get the odd holes. And to think of all the great things that have come out of it. Our girls from Ohio, we get to talk to them a lot, not on this show. Yeah. They're just, um, yeah. you know, great friends. 
you know. Yep. I think I just heard and from Angela. And An- yeah, go ahead. Angela's actually from Wisconsin, too. Yeah. But I think that's one of the upsides of this is you meet some really, really awesome people and yeah. people you would have never met otherwise. And uh, no. so that always, always helps. And they're always encouraging. Those people are. And, of course, you know, and I mentioned it in the promo, we've had our attackers. and uh, But yeah. we're still here. And the way I look at it is this. Even if you're attacking me, that's publicity. Thank you. And uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's just the way I see that. And um, But if we weren't doing something right, they wouldn't attack. And um, But it's and just, even you know, and... Court order shows down. They even yep. try to court order shows down, and they pay. They pay people. What, how much does the attorney charge to transpose, make transcripts of the shows? I mean, we've seen that being done. Yep. So yep. I have a saying, and this wouldn't have been my saying in life, except that all this went through. And here's the saying, and I enjoy this saying: Don't judge a man by the friends that he keeps but by their enemies. And Marty, yeah. unfortunately, or fortunately, we've made some enemies. Glory <laughs> Hogs hate us. Judges hate <laughs> us. Guardians hate yeah. us. And you know what? It's okay. You know, some people want everyone to like them, and you just and you want to be a people pleaser. But this just turns it upside down, just like, yep, just hate me. I don't care. Yep. Just add there another hater to the list, you know, like whatever. <laughs> and yep. if you hate me, and I think you're a jerk. I am so happy that I have got under your skin, and I and yes. I own it and I enjoy it. Yes, yes. Uh, it just, so um, it's okay to have haters. One of the uh, uh, things I've heard from people from time to time, cause is, um, how come you're not out there like other people and talking about what all you're doing and who all you're helping and everything. That is, and, Stuff for a reason. For one, we don't need any interference. Most particularly hog trying to insert themselves into it and derailing everything. Oh, yeah. And um, oh, and it's yeah. also a matter of of respect and privacy. Um, we don't yeah. have any right to blow people's personal business and say, "Oh, look, look we don't operate like that." And just out their own horn about who all we helped and what all we did it wasn't for us blah 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 blah. don't think we aren't doing it we're busy all the time and um so it's just uh you know it's just one of those things that um i uh i don't know in all of this you know i've said this before i always anticipated the fight from the people we oppose i never in my ignorance um anticipated um, the attacks coming from people on the same side I'm supposed to be, uh, like these glory hogs. Um, you know, this, it's me, it's me, it's me. If it wasn't for yeah. me, you know, you know, shut up. And, um, you know, you need to communicate with me. Why won't you communicate with me? Because you're a dog, that's why. And, uh, but it, it, but you understand what I'm saying. It's, um, it's, it's one of those things that, uh, I don't, I just don't understand some people, you know, go find somebody else to, to dog. We're trying, uh, we're trying hard to get something done here. 
And if you need to stand up and take credit for it, you do it. But um, not at our expense, you know, not at our expense. I I just yeah. don't understand, you know, <laughs> um, I don't understand what's what's going on there. But like, you know, uh, it's like we've talked about. Um, it depends on who. Uh, who you're 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 engaged with, and uh, and what your focus actually is, and you know I get invited all over the country to speak and talk and everything else. I can't afford to do that, and when I tell people I can't afford to do it, I've had people offer and say, "Well, we'll pay for your." I don't feel right about that, and I don't do it. Maybe I should, but I don't. But um, we're going to be having some new venues coming up, um, new things. There are ideas in the works right now of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And um, uh, so we'll be giving you all a heads up on that. Uh, but we am going to have some meetings, and it'll be by invitation only because uh, we got to keep the hogs out. And um, yeah. But uh, – you know, yes, and I think it's a shame we have to. I would never go somewhere where I knew I wasn't wanted. You know, if yeah. you know what I'm saying, I, I would never do that, and uh, that would embarrass me. And uh, but these people have no, no sense of integrity or morality or anything else. I guess in social grace, and uh, but into some place where I knew I wasn't wanted and wasn't invited, I, I don't, I don't do that. Yeah, and, we uh, need hog-free zones. Yes. <laughs> safe place. No hogs. It's our yeah. safe place. Hog-free yeah. zone. Yes, and uh, safe place. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, yeah, it just, um, I, I notice after all the complaints, uh, uh, the Pennsylvania against uh, uh, Judge Stanley Ott, he resigned three years early. Yeah, he I did. Can tell you why, yeah, tell you why he re- resigned. Because it looks like yeah. he's probably is in a position he might get nailed. And they wanted yeah. him on the bench to begin with. But see, if they came with anything while he was on the bench, he loses all his benefits by resigning. No matter how it goes down, he gets for the rest of his life, he keeps all of his benefits. And resigned yeah. before he pressed the anything. So they get money, and um, I guess when you're a parasite, that's okay. I just well now he's do that a lawyer. He oh, he works for the oh, law Jesus. firm of of like the you know the the racket there, and he mm-hmm. does now you can avoid probate and do I think he calls it mediation. Oh my oh. gosh, go yeah. pay for that. Yeah, you know, well, and he uses oh the great judge as the resume, and everyone falls for it. It's it's another yeah. stealth hog thing. Oh, yeah. this must yep. be good. Oh, yep. here's one that they here's one that they'll call him friend of the court. Oh, they're a friend oh. of the court. Have you ever seen? I yeah. see that on their on these um, guardians and attorneys their resumes, and they're a uh-huh. friend of the court. Oh my gosh, run as fast as you can if you see that on someone's resume that they're a friend of the court. It means they are in cahoots with the judge. That is the code word. 
But yeah, yep. friend of the court. Oh, they're so respected. Yeah. They're so oh, they're often appointed, and and they use that as for their resume as like yeah. something great, because the, the average yeah. sheeple has no idea, and they go, oh, this must be wonderful. They're a friend of the court. Oh yeah. my gosh. I think we uh, have to come up over. with a dictionary. If they say yeah, they're a friend of the court, it really means this. If they say yes. they're the best advocate, the top advocate in the world, they're really this. We we'll just like have to have a special dictionary. That's our yes. that's our next project, yes. Marty. Okay. If you're called I a ward of the of state, the state has declared you a prisoner. Yes. Yeah. And that's what it means a prisoner of the yeah. state. And um, yeah, it'll you know there's it'll be for ahead. laymen. It'll be yes. our dictionary. It'll be like for laymen. Yeah, there you go. And you know, John Lacrano always says uh, words have meanings, and what you think it means in the vernacular, in the general sense, uh, in it, you know, can mean something entirely different in the legal system. And uh, he said, you know, and then they constantly change the definition. He said, if you look at Black's Law, I have a five and an eight. And there is differences in different definitions that they've changed them to cover what they are doing. And um, so there's there's a lot of that that goes on, but they change things. You know, it's like years ago the Supreme Court said that, like, if a bill said so-and-so shall do this or shall do that, um, that was a command. Okay. Right. If a person may do this or may do that, it was at their discretion. They didn't have to. Well, the mm-hmm. Supreme Court, because people were zeroing in on this and using it to their advantage, said, well, sh- say, shall and may really meant the same thing. They were actually two different words that they really meant the same thing. No, they don't. Well, that's the way we see it. So now it must be must. And that's a direct command, and it's unequivocal. And uh, but you can't use shay or shall or may, or you could say shay and just combine the two because <laughs> they said it's the same stuff. I just yeah <laughs> or mal, you know. But it, this stuff happens all the time. Also, the Supreme Court will not hear any pro se cases, and they will not hear any family issues or guardianship cases. Because they said that is the business, property, and control of the state. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And um, so they, they're, they're and no, no federal help. federal agency will investigate it. Because nope. it's a nope, court nope, matter. Nope. It's a court matter. Yes, yes, yes. If you go to yes. the police, that won't get investigated. It's a court matter. Yes. I, I mean, see, like I we said, it's genius. They were genius. Yes. <laughs> If, Great plan. I, we've heard from, from senators and representatives how the judiciary is its own autonomous branch of government, and they can't interfere. With that in mind, I think we should all write the senators to sit on the Committee of Aging and the ju- uh, Judicial Committee in the Senate mm-hmm. and ask them why they're getting paid to sit on a committee that has no authority by their own Yeah, opinion. that's a good idea. Yeah, it's like the Committee on Aging. They're a non-regulatory committee. They can listen to all your stories, and they can go tell yeah. other people, but they can't do a damn thing about what you've told them. So why did you have the committee? Well, you get paid $74,000 a year to hold down that chair for a couple hours, and um, pretty easy money. 
but they have no They do the same thing no as we do, Marty, but we don't get paid that much. <laughs> no, we sure don't. We're about $73,999.99 short of that. Yeah, and, uh, but we listen to the stories, and we can't do anything about it, mm-hmm. and we tell people. And, yeah, we're, yeah. As, we're as amazing as a senator. Yeah, there wow. you go. There you go. Feeling and uh, feeling good. <laughs> <laughs> but over the years, you cannot imagine how many times I've been threatened with a lawsuit, had attorneys write me. Um, that attorney, I don't know if that law firm is still um, is still uh, representing Rebecca Furley there in Florida. We outed her ten years ago, and um, this Nardella law firm. This guy is a minister and an attorney. What a combination. Started writing me emails that I needed to remove the articles, which I refused to do. And then came back and said that if I didn't remove them, they would have no choice but to sue me for defamation. And I said, okay. And um, I wrote him back and said, you know, it's a felony to threaten a lawsuit and not follow through when might you be serving me and I never heard any more from them um, but I've had other ones uh, you don't know what you're talking about will you do a great service for it no you don't the only thing you serviced was your bank account and um, and that's the worst part of this cause like I say we have been commodified <laughs> if they aren't physically selling us while we're living and trading us and using us as collateral to for all kinds of things. They're waiting till we die and parceling us out and selling them in parts. So they've learned a way to, to make money off us even in death. But the fact yep. is they want us dead. I firmly believe that they want us gone. If you aren't 20 or 30 years old, they want you out of here. And um, it's like they're making noise now about taking down Social Security and Medicare and for the last and umpteenth time, nobody, nobody, nobody gets Medicare for free. Nobody. It is like any other insurance company. You pay a premium, can, which can be exorbitant. I personally pay around $453 a month. And you have all these copays, And that's on drugs and doctor's visits and any tests you might have you got all these copays that you have to cover so it ends up that medicare like standard insurance only pays about 80 percent of your bills if they pay that and like most insurance companies they'll beat you to death trying not to pay it and uh but this thing oh it's free it's free no it isn't free no it is not free by a long shot um I know people who are paying upwards of $1,000 a month, a couple, married couple, out of their Social Security, and they take this right out of your Social Security. And by the way, don't anybody fall for those so-called advantage plans. That is a trap. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All you're going to get is screwed. Get off my soapbox there. We got about four minutes and, left, oh. Cosie. Do you have anything? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and don't sign up for the complimentary dinner to do estate planning either. No, no. (laughs) Don't fill out any forms. Don't do estate planning. And then like in Minnesota, the Bar Association made an announcement that (laughs) any estate plans, wills, trusts, anything, 
unless they were done by a bar member, are invalid. Say what? And who said you could make the law? And I haven't heard a peep out of the legislature up there about smacking them down on this. But yeah, they they decided yeah. they're not valid. You didn't use a bar member. They're they're not valid. So we gotta make it easier know. to contest them. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's been a wild three years, Kazi, and we will be back, everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we got the hog report that'll carry us through. And uh, <laughs> but <laughs> but we've got a lot of new shows coming up. And but what we're looking for from people is ways to address this in a positive manner to get this system stopped, to get it stopped. And it is going to take a unified effort, but I don't want to hear anybody say, well, I'm the most important person in the world, and so you should let me head it up. You guys do all the work. We don't need you. Go away. Go away. Um, But any ideas you might have, you can get me on Facebook. You can get Kazi, um, things that we possibly could do. And try to figure out what's what's what. Um, I don't know. It's been a long 14 years, I'll tell you that. But uh, that. with that, uh, by the way, these shows are brought to you in coordination with Marcel Reed and the original Whistleblower Summit. And um, we'll be there this year. We'll be present. So I hope to see you all there, too. And I don't know right now the specifics of anything, so... Just for now, I'm just saying that's what we're doing. <laughs> and it'll be on the, if I remember correctly, the 29th and 30th of um, July. And, um, yeah, it's the 29th and 30th. And um, that'll be in D.C. apparently. So we'll be talking to you. Everybody have a good evening. Cause thank you for everything. Endlessly, thank, thank you. you. All right. Thank you. And everybody have a good evening, and we'll talk to you later. Good night, everyone. Good night.